1: This is Business Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
2: Welcome, welcome. I'm only saying welcome twice because we have a panel of two today. Welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the game changers, you are absolutely in the right place. The buzz today is Better Together. Oh, I can think of a song, but trust me, I promise I won't sing. Let's get started. To survive in our rapidly changing world, which is more interconnected than ever before and generating what we absolutely know to be an unprecedented volume of data, you need to equip your business with the ability to differentiate and compete effectively. That's really what it all comes down to. What sets you apart? What makes you unique, if unique even exists? And how can you compete in what Almost any industry you have, it's burgeoning. You've got newcomers, you've got startups, you've got mid-sized companies aspiring to be big behemoth enterprises. Everybody wants a piece of that market share. How are you going to get it done? So the big question is how? Now, the agile solutions of the future are best arrived at when companies co-innovate. Keyword for our show today. Co-innovate with whom? customers, partners, maybe even teammates inside the company. Co-innovation can even enable bringing solutions to non-traditional businesses in previously uncharted territory. Sounds like a poem or a fable. We'll get into that later in the show. So, What is co-innovation all about? Is there such a thing as a co-innovation 101? You've heard the word, what does it mean? What is entailed? Is there a process that's set in stone, that's proven? Are there certain types of companies, industries, locations, that are already reaping the benefits of successful co-innovation. I have a panel of two. They are both experts on this topic, and I'm looking forward to introducing them to you. So let's get started. First up, I'm pleased to welcome first time to SAP Game Changers Radio, Dawn DeRoss. She is Senior Director, the Senior Director, in Cisco's Global and Strategic Partner Organization. And Dawn sent me the following quote, Uh, I'll tell you what it's from after I tell you what the quote is. A study from the John M. Olin School of Business at Washington University in St. Louis, here's the key, estimates that 40% of today's Fortune 500 companies on the S&P 500 will no longer exist in 10 years. I'll say that again. 40% of today's Fortune 500 companies listed on the S&P 500 Will not be in business in 10 years. And this was cited in an interview on CNBC with Peter Diamandis, chairman and CEO of the XPRIZE Foundation. Dawn DeRoss, welcome. How are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for joining us. Fascinating quote. Is this doom and gloom? Doha, we're going to try and solve the problems of the world with talking about co-innovation, but is this doom and gloom or is this good news? Maybe they don't deserve to exist another 10 years. What's your, what's your take? You picked the quote. Talk to me.
0: Well, I, you know, I think it's just really amazing how quickly things have changed and how they are going to continue to change. If you think of the companies from even 10 years ago that are no longer here, like Kodak, Blockbuster, you know, every company, city, and country are going digital these days. And in order to keep up and to get ahead, innovation is, instead of doubling like it has in the past, is uh, needing to grow exponentially. And there's really only one way to do that, and that's through co-innovation.
2: So this is the panacea is this the solution for everybody's woes in terms of we're not growing we're not competing we're not thriving we're not profitable do you see this as this is the the big the big kahuna in the sky of how are we going to thrive in the future is that are we going to make that statement
0: I really believe it is I believe that not any not one company can do everything that it's important to uh, team and partner up with other best, uh, you know, best in their field type companies. And, uh, you know, it's it's a, really a question of either disrupt or be disrupted and to look at, you know, what the landscape is, what your own super strengths are within your own company and then figuring out who to team with to move into adjacent markets.
2: Dawn, disrupt or be disrupted. Is that an original Dawn DeRoss quote? It May is. I quote you? I love it. <laughs> yes, well, I it's going to... Gonna go on Twitter when I get a moment here to post that. And by the way, we are tweeting at hashtag SAP Radio. Anybody wants to join us or ask a question or make a comment for my panel? Thank you, Dawn. Pleasure to speak with you. Uh, and we have a lot more to talk about. And let me bring on our second panelist. He's no stranger to SAP Game Changers Radio. It's Panit Supple, S-U-P-P-A-L Those of you who know, who know him or don't. He's a member of the Customer Innovation and Strategic Projects team at SAP. And here's a quote from Alan Kay, actually full name Alan Curtis Kay, an American computer scientist, and I'll let you all look up all of his extraordinary achievements later on. Here's the quote love it. The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Let's invent the future together. Paneet Supple, welcome back on Game Changers Radio. How are you
3: today? I'm doing splendidly well, Bonnie, and thank you so much for having me back. It's a delight.
2: Well, delighted to have you. We can sit here and talk about how delighted we are for an hour, but I think Dawn would probably leave us and we need to talk to her and you about co-innovation. So, Panit, tell me about this wonderful quote from Alan Kay. We've heard it on other shows before, but it seems so appropriate for our topic on co-innovation. Tell me why you picked it today.
3: I picked it today because I have seen this happen over and over and over again in so many different contexts, whether it is small or major. The companies that think that they're doing well why should we change You know the future is going to be very similar to what the past has been have often fallen down and this has happened in industries too i mean if you just look at the automotive industry for example if they had taken the bull by the horns and predicted that they could have you know that that the whole situation with um... you know with petroleum products would change and that there would be so much pressure on them and that they would need to be more clean in the sort of automobiles they produce, they could have really changed the future in a very dramatic way. It is happening now, but it could have been so much more dramatic. It's just amazing to me that folks you know, are so stuck in inertia of whatever they're doing that they do not take the step to in, try and invent the future, because if they could, it could just change things dramatically. And, you know, it, 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 it brings about a greater good in a way that couldn't happen if you just stuck around and waited for things to change around you.
2: Interesting uh, insights there, Panita. I, I just have to mention, Dawn, your comment, disrupt or be disrupted, has already been captured uh, by Gail Dakoku, I believe at SAP. She's listening on the line and she already captured it. So you are famous now at hashtag <laughs> SAP Radio. Just want, you know, I didn't get a chance. Gail, thanks for beating me to the punch. Love to see you here. And please keep tweeting our panelists' words of wisdom. Paneet, insight, hindsight, If only they had known. Was somebody sleeping literally at the wheel? Let's go back to your comment about the uh, automotive industry and and oil prices, petroleum issues. Was somebody asleep and not reading the tea leaves or not reading the the analytics when this was all unfolding and they just missed the boat? What do you think was going
3: on? Well, there was a variety of factors in this particular instance, and I think uh, some of them are much bigger than just being smart about things. Uh, There were many, I should say, vested interests involved, so without getting into the politics of all of that, I think typically what happens is people are not asleep at the wheel. They are comfortable with what they're doing, and not everyone is comfortable stepping up and saying, I am going to try and make a difference in a different way, which is what innovation calls for, and which is why co-innovation is so much more important, because it allows people to partner with others, and that gives them a certain strength. Um, you know, it's uh, it's almost like if two co-innovating partners come together, or more for that matter, um, the, the the total is greater than the sum of the parts.
2: That's what they say. Interesting, um, co-innovation. Is this something brand new? First Dawn and then Penny. We're going to get into after we, we do a little more talking here in our opening segment. We're going to do a segment on co-innovation 101. But Dawn, is there a starting point at the dawn of co-innovation? Pardon me for that. I apologize. When, when somebody said, wow, you're going to sit down, I'm going to sit down. We both have issues. We both have different perspectives. We're going to put our heads together and come up with something that's even better. Collaboration, co-innovation. Uh,
0: was there a date when somebody coined this term? Does anybody know? Well, it's funny you should say that, Bonnie. I've been doing a little bit of research, and studies of ecosystems go way back to the 14th century. Apparently in the woolen textile industry in Italy, they've shown how specific companies both contributed to and leveraged the mutual strength of a, of a network, and uh, and that continues to live today if you look at companies like Benetton in Italy or Zara in Spain. So uh, it's quite interesting that way back then people were talking about partnering and co-innovating.
2: I love it. I love it. So it's nothing new under the sun, but now we're first getting around to talking about it, or maybe we're a little late to the table on this in terms of how it can help businesses because competition is fiercer than ever. Would you agree with that, Dawn? Like I said in my intro, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, You know, you've there's you have to look for any ways to leverage your strengths and leverage the strengths of the partners around you. So it's really um, absolutely. Uh, critical to be able to partner and co-innovate with other companies. Panit, you agree?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. There, there is, you know, uh, there is no doubt about that at all. I mean, not just you know partners who are in similar, you know, spaces, if you will, but also with customers, also within the company, within groups. You know, two heads are so much smarter than one. Many times. I say it many times that. because they're always an exception. <laughs> we all know
2: there are exceptions. Let's get down to business here. You know what's going to happen next. Dawn, I'm going to ask you, first of all, where are you calling from? What time of the day is it? And then I want to know, what are you drinking right now? What's in your cup today? Or tell me a story about a favorite beverage somewhere in a place and time that made you very happy. So Dawn DeRoss, what's in your cup today? Talk to me.
0: Um, okay. My, um, in my cup um, is a <clears throat> excuse me homemade smoothie. And uh, it includes fage uh, Greek yogurt, berries, uh, some banana, ice, some water, and some protein powder. Ooh, nice! And how long do you blend this? Um, I blend it for about one minute, and uh, and it makes a nice consistency, and it's absolutely delicious.
2: I bet it is. We need that recipe. We need to give that to Gail so she can tweet that. We've been known to put drink recipes on. Is this something you have every day or only
0: on special radio show taste on? It's usually on days when I'm not traveling and I can do this on my own in my own blender.
2: Very nice. We, we actually had a guest. I did another show about an hour, an hour ago, just got off the air, and a guest was saying that tea always tastes best when you prepare it in your own kitchen whereas coffee you can get a great cup of coffee in a lot of places but tea is best and i think i i agree with you there's something wonderful about making a smoothie with all the right ingredients and overseeing the process and the 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 formula for it basically the recipe and and the what you put in and when and what it looks like it's a it's a a very pleasant process isn't it dawn make a smoothie Yeah. I, I like it, too. Okay. Thank you very much. Paneet, we just had a, you were quoted, must co-innovate with customer two heads, so much smarter than one. Gail is is uh, furiously typing away here on Twitter, and we appreciate that. I want to keep her going. Thank you, Dawn. I'm salivating over your smoothie. Dawn, you don't know me well. Panit does, but they only let me have water on radio show days. Nothing with a hint of caffeine for me ever. It's the same as I used to tell you. Paneet. Talk to us. What are you drinking? Where are you? And Are you home? Are you on the road? What are you
3: doing? Well, I w- wanted to avoid bad Bay area traffic, so I'm doing this from home before I hit the road. And what I have in my cup is a very special prepar- a tea preparation. And I agree with your previous caller. It does mm-hmm. taste b- better when you do it in your own kitchen. And my tea is a blend of um, some fine black teas from India, uh, mostly Assam, and uh, it has a fair share of ginger if you will in it and the reason Mm. for that is you told me that my voice needs to be clear on the radio and and uh, you know my mother always used to say sorry to talk about mother's recipes here but if you have a dash of ginger in your hot tea it helps clear the throat
2: Ah, uh, well, we have to say thank you to your mother for her wisdom and there's nothing wrong with talking about mothers on, on radio. We mm-hmm. do it all the time. Actually, just, uh, just a side note, my mom is now 98 plus and she's on the computer every day and she does a little Searching around, uh, Google's things and she has an AOL email account and she plays her card games online, her solitaire and all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, Mother's Rock. I'm, I'm a big fan of moms. There you go. Listen, we're talking today. If you haven't guessed the topic, we keep coming back to it. Of course, it's co innovation, your path to a digital future. Is it indeed the panacea, the end all and be all? Is it going to solve all the problems that businesses are facing today? Petetra, that's French for perhaps perhaps, perhaps. We're speaking today with Dawn DeRoss at Cisco and Padit Supple at SAP and we're doing a shout out to our Twitter extraordinaire, Gail Daikoku from SAP, who is capturing our panelist's words of wisdom. If you have a chance to get on Twitter, go look at hashtag SAP Radio and see what Gail is talking about and follow the conversation. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Quick shout out to Jeannie Trin at SAP, who is the sponsor of this series, Business Innovation with Game Changers Radio. This is episode 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 number five, if you're keeping track, and we're live. It's Tuesday, June 9th, 2015. We're going to take a quick break, talk about clearing your throat. I'm going to run for the ginger that's sitting in the refrigerator here in my office, Panit, and see if I can clear my voice too while we're on a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to start our 30-minute non-stop roundtable. There's a challenge. We're going to collaborate, cooperate, coordinate, and co-innovate on how to do a roundtable for 30 minutes with me and two panelists. I think we're going to be able to achieve it. So don't. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Bread out.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Business has never been more complex than in today's networked economy, To thrive, companies must adapt and innovate. They must harness the wealth of information now available to enable smarter decision-making. They must enable effective collaboration among employees and with their customers and suppliers. They must optimally deploy enterprise resources, and they must make this simple. Join our experts as they discuss how your business leaders can drive innovation that positions your company for continued success. Business Innovation with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show using Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to business innovation with Game Changers.
2: Here we are. We're back, and it looks like Gail is joined by two... Wonderful tweeters. We've got a Twitter party going here. We've got Karen Geraldo at kheraldo24, big fan of SAP Game Changers. And we have got SAP C-U-S-T-I-N-N-O-V, that translates to SAP Customer Innovation, also tr- tweeting and saying, tune in now. Uh, nice to see both of you here joining Gail at hashtag SAP Radio. Let's get on with our show. I'm ready to start the roundtable, and Dawn DeRoss has graciously agreed to start this with me. Dawn, I promised everybody we're going to do a deep dive into the meaning the definition the basics a primer or primer if you will on co-innovation 101 so let me just read a couple notes here from you and then you can move ahead you say co-innovation the greatest driver of innovation is connectivity and the exchange of ideas with other people you can call this co-innovation let's get started with this basic and build on it dawn and then we'll bring in. so go ahead dawn to
0: yeah you know it's really about bringing people together and companies together, but it starts with with people and ideas and you know when you look at um all of the talent in in a company, sometimes you know you can uh just start really thinking and talking about your own views and that's why it's so important to to partner with others um i you know one of our one of our uh customers is Mohawk Industries. And it's an SAP customer as well as a Cisco customer. And the CIO has this great quote. He says, "When our strategic partners work together, we can turn the unimaginable into real benefits." And I think that's really the key here: is you know, different ideas, and you know, it's same with diversity, right? Different, diverse ideas, diverse backgrounds, create a richer, broader, more in-depth solution to different problems. So you know there's lots and lots of reasons, but uh, from from a corporate perspective, it comes down to mm-hmm. growth and profits and ideas, and being able to look beyond internal research and development and connect with innovators on the fringes of their businesses that can help you know help drive some growth and growth and ideas, growth and in innovation, growth and in different development
2: Dawn, quick question before I invite Pinit into this. How do you know when you have the right people with whom? to co-innovate not every meeting of minds is going to produce an amazing idea or even a viable idea how do you know when do is there a place where you cut the cord you say hey it's been really nice hey that cup of coffee's on me i'll see you in a couple years have a good life versus wow we got to get this going let's meet every tuesday at three o'clock and let's we got something amazing here how do you know at what point in the in the process if there is such a thing as a defined process how do you know when it's a go or it's an oops let's not go
0: well, I think, first of all, you know, you have to agree up front on what the goals are of the partnership. You know, are, you know what kind of metrics, uh, what kind of deliverables, and what kind of time frame. And, and then agree, uh, you know, how often the groups will be meeting and kind of measure how the milestones are going. At some point, you know, maybe it's a, a month, two months, three months in, if you find there are some issues with, you know, commitments on one side or the other, then I think it's time to back off if they can't be addressed. Or if uh, corporate directions end up changing, you know, sometimes maybe, um, you know, decisions by senior executives, they may decide we're going to go in a different direction, this type of partnership doesn't make sense anymore. So those, those are usually the reasons. Um, but uh, more often than not, uh, it seems that partnerships work very well, especially if there's a lot of thought and due diligence that's put in up front.
2: Up front. I think that's the key. Puneet, love to hear what you have to say. Join us, please.
3: Yes. uh, Thank you so much, Bonnie. And I actually agree with almost everything Don has said. There is no dispute here on, on anything she said, because I think anybody with a reasonable sense of what innovation takes would agree that there has to be a fair coming together of parties with like interest What's really important is that the partnership is not just in name or not just for a photo op, but there's true true skin in the game to develop something new. The sort of business Mm -hmm. we are in, especially at SAP, some of the things that we experience is that when customers, when we innovate with them, or partners and we innovate with them, when they are really invested in the outcome as much as we are, we find that becomes an amazing success. And, uh, you know, we've got whole groups geared towards that kind of thing, for example, you know, whether it is with partners using startups or whether it is with customers, which is what our group does. But Mm -hmm. the other thing we notice is that there needs to be the right culture of innovation. This is actually a broad term, but I find that as we engage with different entities, they have different appetites, if you will, for whether they, you know, how far they would go how far would they stray, shall we say, from their comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. And that is very important to gauge. So for any good partnership to deliver something that two parties come together to develop, or more than two parties for that matter, requires a good understanding among the partners about each other's appetite for change and innovation. That's very important. And um, I really like one specific comment that Don made about beyond internal groups, or beyond, mm-hmm. you know, looking beyond your shores, if you will. Um, it is very important because you never know, because when you're wanting to innovate and create something new, you cannot limit yourself by, I will not look here or I will not look there. You know, literally, you know, you have to think that the entire universe is your canvas, and you need to start creating that amazing piece of art based on every anything and everything that might be available to you.
2: Thank you. Question for both of you. Panit mentioned you need to have a culture of innovation. Does this have to exist on both sides? I'll call it the fence because two separate entities are coming together and we're opening the door, the gate in that fence. Let's just use that little visual metaphor. That helps me think about it better. But the question is, do both sides have to have a culture of innovation? Who is the one to make the first move? So Dawn, let me ask you, uh, a company like Cisco or SAP, do you reach across, make it a gate in that fence and say to somebody, Hey, we have this innovation in mind. We think we could benefit mutually with talking from talking to you and collaborating, co-innovating, or does it come from the smaller company or the partner? Or how high up in the organization does the approval have to come to put these teams together and take the time? Dawn, could you give us a little
0: more? Yeah, sure. I think it's both, right? Um, You know, a company like Cisco. The reason we work with SAP, you know, we're both, um, you know, very strong in our own in our own industries, and we we pretty much um, we collaborate so well because we don't compete with each other. So that that's one example of a great partnership. Uh Um, And there are other examples where you know there might be a very small company that fills out a solution set, whether it's IoT. And, you know, we would maybe partner with a censoring company. We wouldn't, you know, that would be something we wouldn't develop ourselves, so that would be part of the ecosystem. So I think to your question about how high up in the company does it go, I think then, you know, it depends on how large investments have to be made for co-development or things like that. You know, once it, they're, they um, once decisions are made to make, you know, to, to make a huge investment, then obviously it would go higher and higher up in the, in the corporation.
2: Thank you. Puneet, thoughts
3: on this? No, absolutely. Actually, it's funny you asked that question, because only on Friday, uh, a CIO of a certain organization called me and said, Puneet, I have this idea, and uh, you think we could co-innovate. <laughs> I- I'm Good. not kidding you. That was literally the conversation. And really? I'm like, yes. I'm, <laughs> so I said, let's talk. So we had a conversation yesterday. It looks very promising. We will have to do some due diligence, of course, to make sure that you know the, that the excitement is not merely just something emotional we both experience, but we really know that it will turn into something real. And I tell you this, Bonnie, if it happens, I am going to come back on the show with that <laughs> CIO, and we will talk about what we what we created for the world. It'll be fantastic. Well, you are you are
2: pre-invited, and Dawn can join us as well. <laughs> Dawn, I open the same opportunity to you. <laughs>
3: And if I may quickly add there again, and the other side of the innovation, or I should say reaching out is, you know, um, I am so delighted that Don is here on this um, show with us because uh, we just reached out across and said, let's collaborate, let's co-innovate, and let's tell the world what we mean by co-innovation. So, Don, thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. Good, good conversation. There's so many places we're going to take this conversation, but Dawn, I, th- I think you know we love quotes. We love attributions on SAP Game Changers Radio. And you sent me a quote from Peter Drucker and a quote from Steve Jobs. I'd like to read the Steve Jobs quote, if I may. And, and that's going to take a, that's going to put a smile on everybody's face. May I read uh-huh. that, Dawn? Absolutely. Okay. Steve Jobs said, <clears throat> per Dawn DeRoss at Cisco, <laughs> Steve Jobs said, here's the quote, my model for business is the Beatles. Okay, everybody processes now. Steve Jobs said his model <laughs> for business is a the beetle. There were four guys who kept each other's kind of negative tendencies in check. They balanced each other, and the total was greater than the sum of the parts. That's how I see business. Great things in business are never done by one person. They're done by a team of people, and Dawn says, I love this quote, and it applies <laughs> to innovation and co-innovation. Dawn, where did you find this? It's
0: fabulous thinking of the Beatles as innovators, co-innovators. Yes. Talk to me. You know, it's interesting. I looked up online innovation and uh, it came up with a presentation by Steve Jobs on his, he had, there were like 10 good quotes and I just picked this one because it was so different. With You know, who would think about Beatles as a model for business? But, um, but yeah, I just, I thought it was really interesting and really kind of um, unique and so the fact that you can have differences like the beatles did right in personalities the fact that you know apparently they have some negative tendencies which we probably didn't know and uh they were some we did each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly um but yeah so and and you know being done by a team of people um one of the things that's happening this week is um SAP and Cisco are are showing a um a really interesting manufacturing demonstration that is um uh, basically, you know, if you look at manufacturing, unplanned downtime is is a real problem, and uh, whether building semiconductors or airplane engines, and together we're demonstrating how an analytics solution that utilizes SAP HANA, um, some big data, and a Cisco infrastructure, you know, can can do all kinds of great things, like analyze high volumes of streaming sensor data in real time and combine that with an algorithm to detect, detect um, abnormalities um, and provide alerts. So, I mean, there's an example of a very unique solution that was uh, brought together by two companies.
2: Thank you. Penny. talk to us. Any thoughts? Are you a Beatles fan? And what do you think of that Steve Jobs
3: quote via the Beatles? Well, I, I don't care about so much that it was a Steve Jobs quote, but I love the fact that Don <laughs> found it because I love the Beatles. <laughs> and, you know, g- given the difference in personalities and the tendencies that we just talked about, think about what they did. They, all, they not only came together and made amazing music that still lives and is still so popular, but they also were able to bring in other influences that was true innovation. Let's not forget the you know the influence of Ravi Shankar on their music and everything else they did right so it was it just they they became truly global. It was not just for the western world. it was just amazing. I grew up in India, as you probably know Barney, from prior conversation mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, but the beatles were never far from the heart if you will but coming back to you know and so and, and you know so but the thing is the the same essence we see today in business and i agree with don you know this it's it's what brings these different forces together there's a solution that i have recently been very closely associated with where we are trying to tap into what's happening in the arena of sports the arena mm-hmm. of sports medicine and preventive care and it is really big business as well so there are many many diverse forces here but if we all come to it with a certain sense of We can create a new future. I think we create amazing new value.
2: I like that. And and Dawn, I want to bring in a Peter Drucker quote. She was on a roll with these quotes, <laughs> Penny. Dawn, Dawn was, I don't know if people knew you were sitting there Googling quotes on innovation and co-innovation, but I want to sum up this part of our conversation with the Peter Drucker quote. Here's a quote. Innovation to be effective has to be simple and it has to be focused. The best praise an innovation can receive is for people to say this is obvious. Why didn't I think of it? And, and Dawn, if we stretch innovation to co-innovation, Innovation and think that we've got two entities or two parties, regardless of how big each team is on, on either side of that collaboration or that co innovation. You can think of all the people scratching their heads and saying, "Darn, damn!" and words a little more powerful than we allow on the show. Why didn't I think of that? It was right there in front of us. Is the, is that
0: aha moment part of the excitement of co innovation, Dawn? What have you observed? I really think it is. You know, um, I've, I've heard that a lot of new ideas come from joining two ideas together to make a new one. And I think, you know, I love the part of this quote, too, that basically says, why didn't I think of it? You know, once you have it, it's like, wow, why didn't I think of it? Um, if you look look around us, you know, the, the iPhone being able to have, you know, video, voice, pictures, everything, uh, you know, on one device, right? I think eventually, you know, the, the, that was through lots of years of innovation. But even things like Fitbit, right, the Fitbit, the new the craze everybody's uh carry, you know wearing around on their watch which does, you know, measures your heart rate and everything. I mean, those are all very cool innovations that came from a lot of different ideas coming together for one one different solution. So but I think the simpler the better. I think one of the challenges you can get into when you have companies <laughs> innovating, different groups, is things can get too complicated too quickly. And then it becomes, you know, this huge project. Um and I've always thought that a real sign of intelligence is being able to describe something very complex in simple terms, and, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of goes along with the same quote.
2: And I think there's an Einstein quote about this, too. If I have time while I'm tweeting and retweeting <laughs> and talking to both of you, I'll look that up. Penny knows I can do that. Now, we have had, we have a new tweeter here, Risha Dedia, D-E-D-H-I-A, and she is tweeting at hashtag SAP Radio and uh, citing you, Dawn DeRoss, and she has kind of pushed us ahead into the next part of the conversation because i wanted to use an example of hamburg one of the, that's the second largest port city in Europe, uh, Hamburg in Germany, internet of everything, I didn't say internet of things, internet of everything has transformed the port of Hamburg into a smart city, and I think this is a good segue, so Risha, thank you for reading my mind and my notes, I, I don't know how she got them, but she knows, um, and let's talk a little bit about Hamburg as an example, so Dawn,
0: you want to kick off this part of the conversation, please? Sure. Um, so Hamburg is really uh, had aspirations to become a smart city. They're the, for those that don't know, they're the second largest port in Europe. They have they have the second largest port in Europe, which is one of their main economic strengths um, of their city. And IOE, is Internet of Everything, is transforming Hamburg into a smart city. Um, and they really wanted to improve the quality of life for their citizens, uh, create a climate of innovation, and, and generate competitive value. So it's uh, so very exciting, and they're, they're, being able, they're able to do that by, you know, setting some goals. Like, for example, they wanted to have a lot of new jobs created. So one of the metrics they're measuring toward is 45,000 new jobs to be created uh, to be able to handle 100,000 visitors per day and grow the city by 40%. So very impressive goals and, and you know, which will help them obviously grow in a lot of different ways.
2: So are they a model for co-innovation, Dawn? Could we hold that up and say, "Look at the world. Look at Hamburg." Could we say that? Yeah, absolutely. Panik, come on in, join us here.
3: Those are the sort of things that that really excite us. And you know, the one thing we need to remember. I want to go back a little bit to the comment earlier about the simple part. It is often that, and this being, you know, from a technology company, I am, you know, it's, I can't help but think that even though we may ask ourselves this, how could this be something I never thought of, or this should have been something we could have done. The fact of the matter is that we've, you know, in some cases been limited by technology. And um, we are now at a stage where we can, you know, where technology is catching up dramatically with where people's heads have been. And now it is easier to do the things that we may have imagined or wanted to do earlier. So there's a little bit of a gap that used to exist, which is shrinking, I would like to think. And that is allowing us to do the thing. So especially in the case of, you know, when we talk about the Internet of Things and we talk about sensor data and we talk about big volumes of data and we talk about all these things to be managed in a way that can make sense and deliver value in the moment of opportunity, as we like to say.
0: Mm -hmm. I know it
3: sounds like a cliche term, but it has to be, and I don't want to say it has to be that instant because sometimes you don't need that, but the point is it has to be relevant. Uh, in terms of timeliness. And so if that is missed, you can't do that. I mean, you can't get the value that you're looking for. Now what we are able to do is we are really able to, you know, transcend those previous limiting factors, and we are able to do the sort of things that uh, Don described with the city of Hamburg. I mean, you could think of the same thing with a supply chain network, for example, and you can now talk about connecting to different partners without a human hand ever being lifted to hit a button on a keyboard. So those are the sort of things we can now do because technology has allowed us to get to a place where it's easier.
2: Thank you. Dawn, comments on this? Very profound, what Puneet just said. The goal is to deliver value in the moment of opportunity. I'm tweeting this, Puneet. I, could, I can't sit here. I can't just let this pass. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dawn.
0: It was brilliant. I don't know that I can add anything to that. I thought, it, you know, I, I uh, agree with what Puneet had to say. I think that makes perfect sense.
2: Okay. Let's see where we want to go next in this conversation. I have so much here, so many places to go. Uh, let's see. Puneet. Let's talk about what innovation and co-innovation gives you in terms – it gives a company in terms of earning the ability to predict the future. I'm just going to stop there and let you talk to us about – are we talking specifically about analytics tools? Are we talking about insights in a pipeline? Are we talking about – ideas coming in that are future focused and give you an opportunity to say, well, if this happens through co-innovation, I predict that such and such will happen next. Talk to me about the idea of predicting the future.
3: Well, the, so, you know, if we are going to invent the future, we have to know a little bit about predicting it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> about so so th- this has i mean this could this is a very wide open type of uh, line if you will because it can be addressed at multiple levels let me see if i can do justice to it in a very concise manner so one of the things that has plagued companies or uh, businesses over time is the ability to literally know where they're headed and plan for that in a in a smart way so they are ahead of their competition they are delivering value to their customers, and basically their stock price is rising. I mean th- these are the things that people have always wanted to be able to do. What happens is that your strategic plans and what is happening in the trenches or what 's happening on the ground, if you will there's always a big disconnect because you know somebody in a boardroom makes up their mind about something that needs to happen much later again there 's all- already a time lag you you're already you know fallen behind most Most businesses have gotten used to running with looking in the rear view mirror mm-hmm. What we believe that the, and, and it's, it, it is true from in, uh, from talking to many customers that we innovate with and just work with that they would love the ability to look ahead through the you know uh, through a window or through the windshield looking at the road ahead if they can do that <clears throat> it, it is of tremendous value to them i'll give you an example. There is a, you know, one, probably one of the largest packaged food companies in the country worked with our group here uh, at, you know, at SAP and we have been able to deliver a solution with them, or I should say innovate with them, where they can predict whether, what kind of production routines they should be following, how they can plan their supply chain in such ways that it impacts their margin in a, in a very direct manner. They were able to do some of that before. This sounds like a very pedestrian type of an example. That you know, it's more of a finance thing. Like, okay, could I not plan better? Sure, but to get, but but in their business, it is very important to get to the the basic ingredients in this packaged food business. If they can predict whether a certain crop will fail someplace, and hence uh, they will not be able to get that, um, you know, ingredient uh, in at the right time, or whether they should. Mm-hmm. prepare something in advance to process it. All of these different considerations ha- have a big bearing on their margins, which are is very sensitive, the whole scenario. So for them to be able to do this on an ongoing basis and be able to look ahead and project and build those safety margins for themselves is an amazing revolution. So this, like I said, may sound, you know, for, to some people not a big deal, but to them it's a massive deal. We're talking massive savings here. And we're also talking a great way of uh, simplifying how they run their business because it eliminates a lot of manual steps. It eliminates a lot of inefficiencies. It eliminates a lot of different things that are not needed because now they can directly do this. So that's what I'm talking about when we say that be able to predict the future. That's one aspect of it. And the, the other aspect is if we can look at, you know, so if you look at asset management, for example, a lot of companies have massive pieces of equipment. And we look, we always say, oh, something broke down, there's a downtime, there is cost involved in all that. But if we can be more predictive about those things, if we can catch things before they happen, we, we save time, money, and of course, resources. The same thing can be applied in healthcare. I mean, you can go on and on. It doesn't matter what industry you're in or what business you're in. If you can start working out models that give you very good idea of where you're headed, bingo, there's value right there.
2: Dawn, love to hear what you have to say. Future.
0: You know, I I was thinking about IDC. Um, So, yeah, the prediction, you know, a lot of companies, um, there's a lot of predictions out there. One of the ones that's very interesting is IDC predicting that the number of IoT endpoints, so getting back to the Internet of Things and the connections, um, the connected devices such as cars, refrigerators, and everything in between will grow from 10.3 million in 2014 to more than 29 million in 2020. This is a recent prediction. And, you know, just to draw upon another, an example of some unique things that are being done today that weren't being done in the past, um, there's, a, there's a smart, um, smarter wireless retail concept, a company called Witos, which is a partner of both uh, Cisco and SAP based in London. They have a very interesting solution that enables local spaces like offices, airports, uh, hospitals or cities to extend what that customer, what that entity can do to provide customers the ability to discover new products or go online and shop for, you know, whatever's happening at that event. And that was something that was envisioned in the past and, you know, speaking to Paneet's idea about being able, able to predict the future, but new ideas, IoT itself, the industry will create new business opportunities in the future if you look all the way out to 2020 being able to connect all these devices and innovate and co-innovate with other companies will really change how you know how companies are moving forward and whether we talk about digital business or you know iot but it's it's all moving connecting the unconnected and being able to uh, provide new values to the customers Thank you, Dawn. I want to bring in,
2: uh, you you have a comment here in your notes that Gartner Group says digital business is the overarching theme for 2015. Is this what you're observing in your conversations with SAP and with other partners and and when you're spearheading or participating in co-innovating? Is everybody saying, uh, and our topic today is co-innovation, your path to a digital future. Are people linking the two together, Dawn? Is it an obvious dotted line?
0: Yeah, they really are. I mean, you know, digital business is kind of the overarching theme, and, Mm -hmm. you know, IOE, Internet of Everything or Internet of Things, is the connection of the unconnected, which provides the the business or the government entity the ability, you know, the digitization, the ability to be able to get that data, uh, analyze it, you know, provide analytics. Um, So digitization, it's a tongue twister, (laughs) of countries and companies are being driven by the need to provide services and seek new ways to grow. And so um, and we really see that this is how businesses will gather the data to drive the next generation of digital transformation. Um, The other interesting quote is Gartner predicts that only 30% of digitization efforts will be successful with the inability to reinvent as the number one reason companies will fail. So Mm. if you look at that, inability to reinvent themselves, that cries out even more to say, okay you need to partner and you need to partner wisely and co-innovate with others
2: thank you for that comment about partnering wisely that was one of my first questions when we started the show so dawn and and panique question to both of you should companies be aware that if you don't open your doors your windows your minds to co-innovating with other companies other teams whatever wherever they are in the spectrum of company maturity or perhaps in an industry you never thought of speaking with uh, if you Keep a closed mind to that, that you will become stale. It's, it is it a foregone conclusion that innovation will stop, that you will be just be moving the same pieces around on the same chess or checkerboard all the time and deluding yourself that you're winning? Because you, unless you bring in new thoughts, new thought leaders, new energy, new insights, new perspectives, you name it, you are going to have a closed system that is going to deny the opportunity to Co innovate on a broader basis, I know that was a lot of words in there, but you get my message, Penny, you want to address that before I get more tangled up here <laughs> he, he knows me too well yeah. yes
3: buddy go yeah, ahead well, that is, uh, that's absolutely true, and you know it's, it's, thank you you know uh, uh, it's piggybacking on what Don just said a minute ago you know we are in a in a, in a world now where you know it 's like think about this I read this somewhere a few days ago that the largest uh, Taxi or transportation providing company is Uber, and it doesn't own a single taxi. Uh, your mm-hmm. most favorite, you know, media, uh, media organization is Facebook. It doesn't create any content. Um, mm-hmm. And if you, you know, you go on and on. I mean, look, think about the largest accommodation provider, Airbnb, doesn't own any real estate. And uh, it is just the world is changing. Last night I was on. Um, I confess, I sometimes read the New York Times. Online, there was, a, there was an article that said, as students across China took a college entrance exam, a drone flew over testing centers in a city to search for signals from smuggled mobile devices being used to cheat. The point is, the, the way we look at the world has changed. The way we behave in the world has changed. The companies that do not, that sit around and just move the same pieces as you said, are in mm-hmm. danger of being in that statistic that, you, that was the opening quote from Don. They are not going to be around and, the, and and the thing is, you have to be thinking ahead, and and you have to look at outside influences. And I'll give you an example. I was in um, Colorado last week, or uh, was it the week before? I can't remember now. It's all a blur. Speaking to a whole group of um, customers and some partners of SAP, and during that conversation, we talked about innovation. And I introduced uh, a very brilliant solution that a startup company here in the Bay Area called App Orchid is doing, and I. They were like looking at me and I said, yes, we have a massive startup focus program as well at SAP and that's this group is part of that, but forget about all that. Look at what they're doing and they're like, okay, we thought we, you were going to talk only about what SAP is doing. And I said, that would be rather foolish of me because this is the time when it takes an entire network to sort of bring true value, something that is game-changing literally and something that is going to move the needle for people involved in that process and if we do, if we are close to that we might as well pack up and um, yes you know hang up our sign gone out to fish or retired or dead or whatever <laughs>
2: Well, I wouldn't go quite so far, but the statistics don't lie. Uh, we just got a compliment, by the way, about what a great conversation from Karen Geraldo, who is pleased to be here tweeting alongside of us. So I just wanted to pass that along. Dawn, thoughts on, on yeah. you're kaput, you're out of business, you're, I don't, let's not go with the dad. That's another industry. But Dawn, what do you think?
0: I, I thought, uh, just to add on to one of the things Benita <clears throat> said, which uh, was interesting. You know, I was thinking about Spotify and Square for example, have disrupted music and the point-of-sale business, respectively. And th- those are only just a couple of innovative companies that are putting, you know, huge pressure on the businesses to disrupt themselves by challenging traditional models. And, uh, you know, you had mentioned a couple others, Phineet, but very interesting. And, you know, uh, it, I, I've read somewhere else that it, it used to take almost 20 years for a company to show commodity-like behavior, but now it only makes it takes a matter of um, two or three years. So it's, it's good to be paranoid and looking for ways to disrupt your own business and look for ways to partner because companies like uh, Uber mentioned earlier, Spotify, Square, you know, those kind of companies mm-hmm. pop up. Very interesting. Very
2: interesting. I I have a question for both of you. Let's see. Let's look at the time. We have a hard stop at 57. It's now 40. Well, 50. My goodness. While I was speaking, the clock was moving. How dare it do that? Seven (laughs) minutes left. I'm going to give you each. I'm going to save two minutes apiece for the crystal ball predictions round. Uh, Puneet's done that before. This is Dawn's first time. But I think we've been looking into the future for the whole show. And my question is, this is exciting. This is interesting. This is the whole concept of innovation and co-innovation, opening your minds to bring and outside thought leaders in different areas different industries different companies it's exciting will this attract the millennial generation or whatever i know i hate to tell you both this but i was just told they're no longer calling themselves millennials they're the yawn generation YAWN they're knitting crocheting playing shuffleboard and staying out of the bars let's not even go there that's a whole mm. other show but do you think this is going to make business more exciting for them do you think this is going to draw them in to the opportunity to have make their own startups and then knock on the door of a Cisco or an SAP and say hello i'm bob smith or i'm i'm don jones and i just came up with this great idea I'm a solid sender. I've got this business idea. I'm making it happen. I want to co-innovate with you. Do you think this will spark more grassroots startup innovation, Dawn? What do you think?
0: Um, I yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to take in the yawn part with still- <laughs> 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 Stopped her cold in her money. tracks. Quite interesting. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Google it. Really, the pendulum always is swinging, isn't it? It's like now. We're totally. Today. But um, anyway, I, I so um, I think, you know, Cisco that I work for, we're always looking to attract younger and younger employees and uh, being able to make, make our environment, and I think this is true of, of most companies out there today, make their environment a fun, innovative, exciting place to work um and technology can be such a great part of that if you provide mm-hmm. uh, folks with the tools and you know, the ability to um be online whenever they want and be able to use video and all of those kind of things so so i think um you know i think the, the technology is going to continue to evolve it will continue to provide easier and easier access to data you know, think about the Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, not dating I myself, do, I but do. little children. You have a the world book. Themselves. Yes, and now did, you know nobody has that on their house anymore. Obviously. Did you have another. a world
2: book encyclopedia,
0: Dawn? Tell I, me. I, I did. I did. Me too.
2: <laughs> me yeah. too. Oh my God! We have it's to talk. Amazing. Punit, I don't think you're in this conversation. Punit, what are your thoughts? And so by the way, I'm doing a show next week on Coffee Break with Game Changers on employee engagement. And one of the topic questions is, do employers need to make the workplace more fun? And maybe technology is that fun where you're getting business done, but you're enjoying it. Punit, thoughts on the question I asked? And then we're going to go right into predictions. I think we already are, but formally into predictions. So, Punit, thoughts on the yawn generation. Are they excited by these business opportunities because of co-innovation?
3: Absolutely. And I think uh, when we talk about co-innovation, especially in the context of technology companies like Cisco and SAP, and we're looking at the Internet of Things, <clears throat> we're looking at, you know, pure technology and digital type of an outlook here. And this is the world they live in. This is the world they know. So it's not that it's more attractive. This is their world. So it's, 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 it's a natural fit, I would think. And in terms of whether they would come up and say to SAP or to Cisco that, you know, uh, I have a great idea, and you know, I would like to co innovate with you. You know, with SAP, it's already happening. I mean, we have a startup focus program with over, I don't know, 1,800, close to 2,000 startups in it. And uh, that's exactly what that is. It's a lot of people who started in a garage or somewhere like that with a brilliant idea, and they're like, hey, mm-hmm. let's talk. And that's the, one of the examples I gave you about App Orchid. That's one of the startup companies. So, so the thing, so I think you're spot on there. I mean, this is, We are just, you know, keeping up with the times. Hopefully, excuse me, hopefully we can predict the future and we can also do some things ahead of our times so that we are ready when the future catches up or with the past. When, this is sounding confusing now, almost.
2: No, it's not, but the future has <laughs> caught up, and I'm down to one minute apiece. Bless you, one minute apiece for prediction. So formally, we're in the crystal ball prediction segment. Dawn DeRoss, I'll thank you in a minute, but one minute. Give me 60 seconds of condense the predictions for our topic, co-innovation, your path to a digital future. Predictions, go, Dawn.
0: So it's hard to believe uh, 2020 is only five years away, but um, mm-hmm. my prediction is there will be... Uh, the, I would say at least 50 percent, this is a bold prediction, at least 50 percent of cities will be smart cities. Uh, you know, Barcelona, Nice, Hamburg, Songdo, Chicago, Bangalore, all of them are either in the process or planning the process. And so the prediction is there. I believe IOE will continue to drive productivity for businesses, uh, whether they're enterprise businesses or technology-enabling companies. And uh, that will continue to fuel our growth. As uh, certainly in this country, and I think globally as well.
2: Thank you very much, Panit. One minute, predictions go.
3: I couldn't help agree. In fact, I think we are already beginning to see that future happening. Um, a lot more digital impact, absolutely. And we'll see how a different streams start to come together. Formerly non, you know, formerly industries that seemed very different and very far apart from each other, we'll see how they start coming together because people will see how things can work across so-called boundaries that existed because of technology limitations.
2: Thank you very much. I have a note for Dawn. Uh, Karen Geraldo is tweeting at K-H-E-R-A-L-D-O 24, uh, is gracing us with a link to the Boston Globe. It's bostonglobe.com slash lifestyle slash 2015. And the title of the article is Millennials Embrace Vintage, but Don't Call Them Hipsters. Gen Y <laughs> discovers everything old is new again, the yawn generation. And I say plus I change, plus LMM shows, but I digress. I can make a prediction. Prediction is, number one, I'll be back on the air. We did two shows today one yesterday two yesterday and tomorrow i'll be back with coffee break with game changers at uh, we're going to do health wearables what is the next breakthrough are we going to have invisible health wearables we're almost there that's coffee break with game changers live tomorrow wednesday june 10th 11 a.m eastern but i can predict that i'm going to invite panit supple and dawn de ross to come back and join me for part two of this very exciting conversation on Coffee Break with Game Changers sometime during the summer. So let's see if they accept the invitation. I'm poaching you. That's right. A shout-out to Jeannie Trin for coming up with a great topic. Panit, I, I didn't think we could carry such a fun hour with just two panelists. You and Dawn did it so beautifully. I can't thank the two of you enough. It's been just wonderful delightful. We're just about out of time. I have to do a quick shout-out. Karen and Gail and uh, uh, Colleen Murphy and Customer Innovation. We've had so many people tweeting at hashtag S AP Radio. It was a real Twitter party. I love it. Thank you very much. I'm Bonnie D. Graham and I plan to be tomorrow when I'm back on the radio for now. Here is my shout out, my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Talk to you tomorrow. (music) Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Business Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.